Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. An insider's look at the National Football League. It's NFL Lunch. Presented by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. With Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan here on this Victory Monday. Orioles going to the playoffs. Ravens are 2-0. One of the reasons they're 2-0 is because Lamar Jackson had a monster game. 112.8 quarterback rating through two touchdowns, including one to Nelson Aguilar, who was the re- leading receiver for the Ravens yesterday. And here's Lamar explaining that touchdown. Uh, I, seen, I seen it was man coverage. Uh, Nelly won, did a great drop, um, get, did a great route. Um, kept his head down, dug, you know, for a few more yards and made a great catch. Uh, I, think, think it was, I think it was a good catch. And... Thought it was a pretty decent route, you know. And Lamar threw the ball where he needed to throw it. You know, I, he just seems very confident right now. A back shoulder throw, which we've talked about. They practice it throughout time. the training camp and now starting to see it in full effect here during the regular season. Yeah, and, and Bob, the guy that did it best all the time during the preseason and training camp was Wallace. He was the best back shoulder guy. But it's not like they never work on it. They work on it all the time. So... You know, practice does make perfect. Now, week one against Houston, the offense didn't look no. oh, that smooth. And maybe were there, some, uh, there were some hiccups along the way. Offensive line didn't play all that great. But, Lamar, offensively, were things uh, more comfortable for you week two? Uh, yeah, um, just from experience. Um, just playing that first game. Um, our first game was like a preseason game for us, especially the starters, because we haven't played uh, in a while together. Um, but I feel like today we stepped it up. You know, Bob, I was just thinking, like, <clears throat> when you look at that and you just hear what Lamar said about, you know, that was preseason game. Now, it, let's just say, for example, that they were opening the season with Cincinnati or Cleveland. Then do you play in the preseason? Because you can't play that like a preseason game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if John Harbaugh is going to reevaluate things. I already heard, heard Sirianni and Philly say probably going to change yeah. it. But then runs the risk. Yeah, I, I, I to me, I, I, because it was Houston, you know, okay. But if it's a division game, I think you got to play your guys in the preseason, especially if you were in a situation, you know, with new coordinator, new system. Now, if they're, you know, next year, if it's the same cast of characters and all that, then maybe they don't need to. Now. Let's give praise, shall we, to the O-line, which we talked about earlier with Charles Walker and throughout the show. No sacks allowed. Only one quarterback hit. Not saying that he wasn't under duress, but he got himself out of some jams. But light years 
ahead of where they were. Minus two starters against Houston, who made things uncomfortable for them in week one. I thought it, you're exactly right. Light years ahead of where they were last year. Last last week, I thought the offensive line was on its heels. They were giving, you know. They played much more physical in this game. And Lamar was 100 times better getting the ball out quickly. And he set that tone right away. Boom. Getting it out right away. And, and I think uh, that was big for the offensive line. I think they gained some confidence on that first drive. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan NFL Lunch here on this uh, Victory Monday. Ravens win their first division game. They're 2-0. Bengals are 0-2. Both division losses. Lamar, what's it mean to get this first division W? To me, it don't mean nothing, anything yet. We, that's just two wins, you know, in a 17-game season. Uh, so we have to stay focused and get ready for our next opponents. We can't. We can do well today on this victory, but um, other than that, we got to stay locked in because it's not a championship game. Yeah, it's 24 hours. You know, whether you win, whether you lose, you get 24 hours to celebrate or, you know, to be pissed off, and then, then you got to move on. Like you said, they, they still have 15 more games. So, you know, every, you know, they need to keep stacking W's, let's just say, you know, in Harbs's turn. After the Colts, then you go to Cleveland and Pittsburgh back-to-back. So things get a little more uh, interesting there because we're going to assume – uh, Baltimore is going to beat Indianapolis, even though Indy just beat Houston. We don't know if it's going to be a rookie quarterback in Richardson or you know Gardner Minshew, who's you know scrappy guy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we assume the Ravens win that one. Then you have back-to-back division road games where you could really oh start to do a little damage there early in the season in that regard. Yeah, or I, I mean, if you're playing at Cleveland at Pittsburgh back-to-back, I mean, if you split. You know, then you're four and one coming out of that. I think you're in pretty good position that way too. But I mean, if you can go five and zero oh and you're three and zero oh in a division, and I thought every, I thought the division was so tight that it'd be like last year where everybody went three and three. I mean, if you start out three and zero oh in a division and you win one more division games, you're going to win a division. One of the big plays offensively for the Ravens yesterday was Lamar's 52-yard pass to Zay Flowers. Lamar, take us through that one. We've seen it together. You know, um, they, they went cover zero um, when he was open on the post, and I had to get the ball out of my hand, you know, but the line did a great job. So just watching film and knowing what they was going to do, you know, we had a crossing route, and I seen the safety driving on that cross route. And Zay, you know, he going to get away from, you know, corners and stuff. Like, he got an explosive guy, a fast guy. I just had to give him a chance, and he made a heck of a catch. I love the fact that Bob, he knew the coverage, you know, he knew the coverage, he knew the read. That, to me, is all extremely positive. Let's get out to the phones. Spitty and Haiti, 105.7 The Fans. Squeeze a couple calls in before the American League East report. David in Baltimore. David, what's up? And digital are a little harder. David. Once so, uh, you're on the phones and you got your radio turned up, you get cundiffed. That's just the way it is. Malcolm and Owings Mills. Malcolm, how are you? I'm doing fine. How you doing, Haney, Vinny? What's Good. up, man? Good weekend for Baltimore sports, man. Mm-hmm. I don't call in too often, but every now and then I call in. Uh, I remember last season I called in, and the debate was about uh, talent levels between Barrow and uh, and Lamar. And I said distinctively, they have two separate different talents, but both of them are very good quarterbacks. I said they're not far apart as far as distance-wise between them. So no sooner as I hang up, 
the dude chew called and told me I was crazy. He told he told he, dude told me that they worlds apart. I said, no, 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 no. They're not worlds apart. They're very, very much close. But anyway, history tells me that my thought process is a lot closer than what Q's is. And I want to know, because I don't hear Q too often calling when he, when he leaves, but I want to know what he think now. And what about his boys that just uh, got dealt with, with uh, the Cowboys? Cowboys just dealt with him last night, right? Oh, yeah, like a stepchild. <laughs> so I want to hear what he got to say about that. Well, he Y'all was just on. All right, thanks, Malcolm. He called in last uh, hour, and, you know, he took his man pill. He did denounce Zach Wilson. He yeah. he he had his back for one week. <laughs> that three picks later, he got rid of him. But Q would never admit this. Looking at the quarterback situation with the Jets, he'd take Lamar Jackson in a heartbeat. Oh to be the quarterback of that team in a heartbeat. Let's go to Baltimore. It is JJ. You're on the fan. What's happening? Hey, good afternoon, guys. How you guys doing? Hey, good. Jay. All right, man. First, man, shout out to Todd Marker, man. Great offensive game plan. But um, what I want to know, Vinny, um, you might get to answer this a little bit better. Uh, How is it that, man? Man, Bateman got some early targets, man, but he didn't get no targets second half, man. I think the guy's too much talent not to be targeted off, more often than he were yesterday. And last thing, man, before I hang up, I'm done with the Duvernay train. Vinny, if you watched the game yesterday, uh, on the end of round, man, towards the end, it seems as if he doesn't play as fast as his speed indicates. And yeah. he he never sticks his foot in the ground to get north and south, man. It's always side to side. Just yeah. want to hear you guys what you guys think about that. I, I thought the Thanks, same Jay. thing on the first one. On the first one, I thought he was tippy-toeing, where, like you said, he could have put his – his right foot in the ground because he was running to the right. Put your right foot in and then go. Go run over. Some, go get that first down. You know, because that first down was important. Then the second one, he was a little little better. I thought, Bob, I thought that they would be giving those plays to Zay Flowers. Yeah, it was a concerted effort, it seemed, to get Duvernay involved early. And but... he was 0 for 3 catching the ball and had a chance to make a great play in the end zone to score a touchdown. Um, so... Yeah, I don't. Uh, Are we done I, I, with Duvernay? Because Jay is. He can return kicks. You know, I'm not. He can. <laughs> I mean, that's become kind of a dinosaur-like uh, yeah. exercise in the NFL. But at this stage of his career, what are we fourth year in now? Are we in the fourth year for Duvernay there, Noah? Yeah, I think so. Same. I mean, it is what it is as yeah. a pass receiver. I yeah. guess he's not a great route runner. That's a thing. I think. Granted, Greg Roman wasn't the most wide receiver friendly coordinator, but when Bateman got hurt and Duvernay still didn't become more of yeah. a focal point, and D Rob, Nolan's boy, did, I think that spoke volumes about what they really thought of Devin Duvernay. And, and but he I made would, the team right. and he's got a nice little cap number yeah. there. And I would like back to the Bateman thing. I would like Bateman, you know, because I mean, he had three catches right away. Keep him involved, you know. But like I said, there's a lot of dudes that are eating. And and when you look at it, other than Duvernay, you know, Duvernay was 0 for 3. Three targets, no catches. Where everybody else is 5 for 6, 5 for 8, 4 for 5, 3 for 4, 3 for 3, 3 for 3, 1 for 1. So, I mean, nobody's dropping a ball or anything. 
It's 8810057 the Fed. When we come back at your American League East report, what happened in the division over the weekend outside of Baltimore. Also look at the schedule for tonight outside of the division because some big matchups that have ramifications for the wild card in both leagues. Twins, by the way, are getting close to clinching the AL Central. We'll get into all of that and more. Jacob Calvin Meyer, Baltimore Sun, joins us at 1.30. Talk about yesterday's win over Tampa, the clinching of their first playoff berth since 2016, but the quest to win the American League East. Will Felix Batista be part of it? Because he keeps throwing a baseball when we thought he was getting Tommy John surgery. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yankees, Boston, Toronto. The Rays. A closer look at the AL East. Brought to you by Window Nation. Get 50% off any style Window Nation windows. Bows, bays, double hung, sliders. Plus, pay nothing for two years and receive an additional 10% off your order. Call 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Vinny and Haney. Chapman hits it. High and deep. Straight away center field. Abreu at the wall. Leaps into the air. He can't make the catch. Now we're off to the races. Vigio's coming to the plate. He's going to score. And the Blue Jays win it. As you can tell, that's Blue Jays radio on the call there. Matt Chapman, game-winning double, bottom of the ninth inning as Toronto walks off the Red Sox 3-2 over the weekend. The Blue Jays sweep. The Boston Ball Club, much needed sweep at that because Toronto's this schizophrenic ball club. They look great, then they tank, then they get hot again, got hot at the right time against the Red Sox, so they get the sweep there. Pittsburgh beat the Yankees yesterday in Pittsburgh 3-2. Miguel Andujar hit a home run for the Pirates, former Yankee, as fate would have it. Red, uh, Yankees rather still take two out of three there. Boston is at Texas tonight, 8.05. Red Sox, for all intents and purposes, they're done. And we'll get into that here in a second with the standings update. But they could play spoiler to the Rangers, who are really struggling at this point in time. Now, scheduled tonight outside of the East, because right now Boston and Texas only game outside of the Orioles in Houston. Twins are at the Reds. Minnesota's got a big lead in the AL Central, which we'll get to. Cincinnati is right now clinging to possible wild card hopes. They're on the outside looking in, but not much. So that's 640 in Ohio. Mets at the Marlins. Miami's got playoff hopes. Mets have long been out of it. 640 there. Seattle is at Oakland. Seattle struggling as of late. Just taking on the Dodgers. Did not go well for them. Oakland. 940. The A's are terrible. What do they have to play for? Maybe ruining Seattle's season to some level. Milwaukee is at St. Louis taking on the Cardinals. The uh, Brewers are trying to win the NL Central, which they have a decent hold on. Not insurmountable, but they're in a good situation. Now, your standings updates 
Orioles are two up on Tampa. Both teams have clinched playoff berths. Minnesota seven up on Cleveland. Cleveland's won three in a row, but too little too late, it looks like, for the Guardians, as it looks like Terry Francona is going to shut her down after the season. Houston, who we'll talk about in a second, they're a game and a half up on Texas. Seattle, two and a half games off the pace. Braves have clinched. Dodgers have clinched in the Central National League. Milwaukee, six and a half up on the Cubs, who have gone into a five-game losing streak at the worst time of the season. Wild cards. If the playoffs started today, which they don't, Tampa, Toronto, Texas would be the teams. Again, Tampa's in. Toronto's looking pretty good right now. Seattle's a game back. If you want to hear it, Yankees and Boston are six and a half. Or uh, Yankees are six and a half, Boston's eight and a half. They're done. National League, Phillies, Diamondbacks, and Marlins, and Cubs. So you've got this... It's crazy because you got the, the the Diamondbacks are a half game up on the Marlins and Cubs. Diamondbacks, 79-72. Cubbies and the Marlins are both 78-72. The Reds are only a half game back, 78-73. Giants are still clinging around here. They're two off the pace. So still a lot of stuff going on here in the final two weeks of the regular season. Tonight, 8-10, Minute Maid Park. Orioles taking on the Astros. Two first-place teams. John Means making his second start of the year against Justin Verlander. Orioles, 93-56 and 56 on the year. 48-26 and 26 on the road. Run differential plus 122. Birds are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Winners of two in a row. Brandon Hyde, obviously, your manager there. Astros, 84-66. Only 38-37 at home. 17 games above 500 on the road, but only one over at uh, Mid and Maid Park. They're a game and a half up, as we said. Their run differential is plus 123. They are also 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. So, Houston trying to hold off two in the division. Orioles are trying to hold off Tampa. Big series for both ball clubs. Orioles have already clinched the playoff spot. Houston's probably in good shape with that. But Houston, like the Orioles, they want to win their division and maybe get themselves a little first-round buy action going. When we come back, we'll talk more Orioles with Jacob Calvin Meyer from the Baltimore Sun. And then we'll take a a funhouse trip with Nolan McGraw. Inside access takes over at 2. And then it's Baltimore baseball tonight. Me, Jim Hunter, brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts. Talking Orioles and Astros. And we got Monday Night Football on two stations. We'll talk about it. About that too. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When you need answers, when you crave sports, when you want the best, it's 1057 The Fan. Diddy and Haiti, 1057 The Fan here on this Monday, Victory Monday. Ravens win yesterday at Cincinnati. They're 2-0. Orioles get to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. They're two games up in the American League East. Joining us now to talk about the Birds of Baltimore, the original ones anyway. The Orioles, that is. 
from the Baltimore Sun on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome back to the show, Jacob Calvin Meyer. Jacob, good afternoon. What's happening? Nothing much. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the time as always. And, you know, yesterday's game, just my humble opinion, very exciting. Next to the Mullins game in Seattle, maybe the most exciting game of the year, but given the you know, import of it in September, I guess, gets the nod a little bit. But one of the plays of the game that we haven't really talked about much so far on the show today was the challenge there in the ninth inning where it looked like Tampa was going to extend the lead for two as Lowe was ruled safe. Then Hyder challenged, was ruled out. Fuji got out of it, and then the rest is history. How big was that? I mean, challenges at first glance looked like he may have been safe, but it looked like old Rutschman got the glove in there before the oven mitt touched the plate. Yeah, listen, there were so many aspects of that game in hindsight that got overlooked because of the fact that they clinched with two outs in the ninth inning and then they ended up winning the game, and then the focus was on the fact that they clinched and the celebration of it all. Um, that obviously, in that situation, if if they don't uh, if they don't get that out there, they don't come back to win the game. Um, it was tough for us in the press box to see the replay uh, and understand exactly why he was called out. Um, it, I didn't see an angle where he was tagged, or it, it was kind of incontrovertible, but. You know, clearly New York had an angle where it was, and uh, that was a big play and a, and a big situation to get that out there because uh, you know it kept them it kept them in the game. Now let's go back to Saturday's game real quick, uh, Jacob. Orioles get spanked on Friday. Jack Flaherty underwhelmed. Well, he looked great early, and then things just kind of fell apart for him. Kerstad hit his first home run. Congratulations! But Grayson Rodriguez described what it was like watching this guy, who for two years was the number one pitching prospect. We know the track record here. Got rocked early. Went back. Been outstanding since. What was it like watching him dealing in one of the biggest games of the year for the Orioles? Yeah, listen, one of the more interesting matchups going into that game was uh, Grayson. We've talked about it all year. He's gone up against oftentimes the opposing team's best starter. He's gone up against, um, you know, other teams' aces. Obviously, he's not pitching to those guys, but it's still an interesting matchup to have, you know, your – a pitching prospect who was your top prospect uh, as a pitcher entering the season – go up against these great, you know, pitchers. And on Saturday, he went up against Tyler Glass now, who since Grayson was recalled in, in mid-July, those two guys had been among the 10 best pitchers in Major League Baseball, according to ERA. And the Orioles jumped all over Tyler Glass now, like they have all season. Uh, another stark contrast to their rebuild when Glass now frequently pitched very well against them. Uh, and this year they've really hit hit well against Glass now. And Rodriguez, meanwhile, goes a career high eight innings, pitches probably the best he has in his in his you know young major league career. And I think everybody's looked at the second half thus far and and realized okay, Kyle Bradish has turned into you know the ace of the rotation and he is the game one starter uh, in a playoff series, but. Honestly, Grayson's not too far. Grayson Rodriguez is not too far behind Kyle Bradish at this point. 
Jacob Calvin Meyer covers the Orioles for the Baltimore Sun. Orioles going to the playoffs for the first time since 2016, trying to win the American League East for the first time since 2014, final couple weeks of the regular season. We talk about the rotation, and you mentioned uh, Grayson and Bradish. We're guessing Dean Kramer as well, depending on whether the Orioles are the wild card or the uh, you know ALEs champs. But John Means goes tonight. It's his second start. What, if he closes out the season, giving him five plus and maybe picks up a couple of W's, does he surpass a Kyle Gibson or is there a role already been determined for John Means in October that the Orioles aren't really sharing with anyone right now? Yeah, just one note, by the way, on something you said there, um, the the whether they can win the division or the, or the wild card, obviously that's still up in the air. Um, one of the more interesting things that I think people can track uh, for the next two weeks is that Tampa Bay only has 11 games remaining, whereas the Orioles have 13. So let's say the Orioles go 7-6 and six the rest of the season. They win 100 games. Because the Orioles are two games up and they own the tiebreaker over the Rays, Tampa Bay would need to go 9-2 and two to end the season to, uh, to win the AL East. So the Orioles have a big advantage here, not just two games, but also the tiebreaker and the fact that Tampa Bay only has 11 games remaining. To answer the question, um, the likelihood is that they do know what they're going to do and they're just not telling us that's often the case. Um, you know, they, <laughs> I think that's, that's not just with this situation, but in a lot of other ones as, as well. But, um, for, for John means, let's, let's say, um, if you just look at the rotation, if there's going to be four spots in that playoff rotation, I, you know, I, I think you just have to assume right now that three of those spots are locked up with Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez and Dean Kramer. Uh, Kramer has not been as good as Bradish or Rodriguez uh, of late, but at the same time, um, Kramer has been more than solid enough to earn that spot in the rotation. And he also, his lows have not been as low as Kyle Gibson. Um, Gibson has two thirds of his start has two thirds of Kyle Gibson's starts have been quality starts, but then he's had some bad ones, which I think opens up the possibility for John means if he, let's say John means has two, really good starts down the stretch where he can maybe even get into the sixth inning. I think that opens up a possibility for him, but at the same time, it's hard for me to imagine a situation where John means fourth start coming off Tommy John surgery um, is in the ALDS when, and then you move Kyle Gibson to the bullpen. Um, it's hard for me to um, imagine that, but listen, there's an opportunity for John means because it's not as if Kyle Gibson has been, you know, amazing all season. All right, Jacob. Speaking of amazing and uh, not unfathomable things, three weeks ago we thought Felix Batista was getting Tommy John surgery. Here he is now doing bullpens and long tossing out there at Oriole Park and Camden Yards. What does all of this mean, if anything? Yeah, again, this is a situation where the team knows more, more than we do and they're not letting on. Listen, no one knows the exact state of, you know, Felix Batista's, you know, Frankly, even though the MRIs show it, the, the team doesn't. Felix doesn't. It's, it's kind of something that's, that's tough to, to really know. And that's what they're really trying to manage right now is to figure out, okay, he has a partially torn UCL. What does that mean? What does the offseason look like for him? Will he have to get surgery? They don't know yet. And the fact is, is that because of where they are in the timeline and when this happened, if they were to get him a Tommy John surgery now, he would miss all of 2024 and be ready for the start of 2025. Whereas if they had him get the surgery in the beginning of November 
and they take the next couple of weeks to try to get him back, to try to have him for the playoff push, it's a small chance. It's not likely if you look at you know how, how rare this type of situation is. But if they do that and they, they try to get him back um, and they get the surgery a little bit later, then he would still miss all of 2024 and likely be ready for the start of 2025. So because of the calendar of where they are, it allows them the opportunity to, to kind of try out this peculiar strategy to, to try to get their closer back. But no one really knows what any of this means. I think the fact that he threw on three straight days and has already thrown off a mound is a good sign. You can't say that it's not. Uh, but at the same time, the idea of, of him with a partially torn UCL closing games in the playoffs at this point still seems unlikely to me. But the other day was a, was a good sign for him and, and his recovery. Hey, Jacob, is uh, Bauman here to stay or is he pitching for his job every outing? And then how's Montcastle's shoulder? Okay, so if you look at the bullpen, I think most of those guys are probably quote-unquote pitching for their jobs. And, and what, what I mean by that is playoff rosters change. You know, People think it's like, okay, what's your playoff roster going to be? But if you look at it from the ALDS to the CS to the World Series, if they make a run, the, the roster is not going to be the same throughout it. And so they might have a series where they need a right-handed reliever who can, who's great against right-handed batters, and that's Mike Bauman. He's got that curveball, and so he, he's he's good against righties. But then maybe they need a, a right-handed reliever who's better against left-handed batters, and then that could be Brian Baker or you know somebody else. And so um, I think Bauman and um, you know even a couple of the other guys in that bullpen are are you know somewhat pitching for their jobs at this point, and that's just the nature of of what the time of the year is. Um, and reminding me what the second part of your question was, Mounty, Mounty. How's Mountie's shoulder? Yeah, yeah. I think going into the weekend, all weekend, Brandon Hyde was saying that he was, you know, hoping that he would be available off the, off the bench, and it's hard to know how much of that was was it actually possible, or or how much of it was okay. Brandon Hyde wants Kevin Cash to think that Brent, that that Ryan Mountcastle could come off the bench, so he wants that in the back of Kevin Cash's mind. Okay, if I bring in this left-handed reliever. You know, Brian Mountcastle could be the guy coming off the bench. But the fact is, is even though I thought it was unlikely the whole time that he would ever play in that Tampa Bay series, uh, the fact that they didn't put him on the injured list does mean something. Um, it means that they expect him to be back, you know, sooner than 10 days. And so um, I would expect him back sometime soon, whether it's the Houston series or the beginning of the Cleveland one. Um, but it's hard to know exactly the status of, of his shoulder since we haven't talked to him since. But um, you know, hopefully there was good news, the fact that they just didn't put him on the I.L. Jacob Calvin Meyer covers the Orioles and, of course, Major League Baseball for the Baltimore Sun. Jacob, always appreciate the information and your time. Enjoy the Astros series, and we'll see you next week down in Camden Yards. Thanks, fellas. Jacob Calvin Meyer. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back. Funhouse trip, Nolan McGraw. Inside access at 2. And that's Baltimore Baseball tonight, brought to you by Savo Auto Parts. Me and Jim Hunter here on 105.7. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Seven the fan. One day trades. That's $3. And one plays scratch-offs. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. If they still work here, you can bet they're in the bend. Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. Pete Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Ravens didn't lose yesterday. As a matter of fact, they went on the road, beat the Bengals 27-24. John Harbaugh meet with the media within the hour. Be interested to hear what he has to say. The status report, too, on Odell Beckham and uh, Dape Owe, who yeah. I believe. Yeah, because I don't have a clue what Owe hurt. Yeah, that one kind of... Because all of a sudden, you know, you because uh, when you're watching, all of a sudden, you know, Harrison's in there. You know, and the rookie's in there, 95, he's in there, Robinson. And then Ajabo and uh, Clowney, they both played 40, you know, like uh, 70-some percent of the time. So they were in there quite a bit. And it's like, because Oway was playing good early. I thought he was, I thought he was, had a couple nice rushes, but they were throwing the ball so quick. He'd have had a sack if he was holding the ball a little longer. So, yeah, I'll be anxious to hear what in 40 minutes Harbs will be talking. And with the Colts coming up, not to dismiss them, but if there's uh, injuries that could be, you know, dicey enough, let them sit it out. I mean, wide receiver, you could make do without Odell Beckham against, I mean, Aguilar had his, uh, you know, bust out game. I mean, Bateman, to your point, like see him a little bit more involved. Zay Flowers, but everything you would hope for. And then some. Yeah. So, like, can they get by? I mean, Minchu's gonna Minchu's gonna get the ball out quick too if it's him. Otherwise, you know, if it's Richardson, he's gonna be running a lot. So yeah, can they get by without um, Oway and and OBJ? Sure, sure. Get ready for Cleveland Pittsburgh because that's a huge stretch. What do you got going on over there? Quick draw. How are you feeling today? Feeling great. How could you not be? A fantastic Sunday in Baltimore sports. Ravens are rolling. Orioles are back on track, and I like that. Jacob Calvin Meyer threw in that last little tidbit there about games remaining for the Orioles, games remaining for the Rays. I was thinking about it this morning. Okay, 13, what's realistic for them to win out of that? Besides Houston, things get a little bit easier schedule-wise. But for him to say if they just go 7-6, and six, slightly above 500, they really put the pressure on the Rays, and eight wins might do it. Yeah, I mean, eight, say, eight wins might be a guarantee. The Orioles go seven and six. That'll give them a hundred, mm-hmm. and they t- Tampa have to go nine and two. Ooh, right. Uh, we'll see. Because after Houston, then you got Cleveland, then the Nats come to town, and then the Red Sox. But you think about this Orioles team all season. Sure, they've had stretches, four game losing streak most recently, but they can play five hundred baseball. Well, or slightly above it. They've been doing it for, for most that's of the year. That's what I'm saying. So you, you and they play feeling, well on the road. Should be feeling fantastic right uh, now. I'm feeling mm-hmm. pretty good. Orioles haven't won 100 games since 1980. That team didn't even make the playoffs. Terps are 3-0. and They've got Michigan State on the road Saturday. That's a national TV NBC extravaganza. Maryland, six-point favorites against the Spartans, who were undefeated and then fell with a thud. Against Washington. I, I think for the Terps' sake, Bob, the more crap that is talked about up in East Lansing is better for um, the Terps. And, and the thing, Bob, you, student newspapers, oh, 
I guarantee you that's all it's about. Yeah, I mean, because Penix they went love in there and digging up them. Yep. stuff. Uh, and Mel Tucker's in big trouble there. Yep. Probably a foregone conclusion. He loses his job, but there's literally millions of dollars at stake here, too. Yeah, like for him. 77 million. Hey, yo. We got time for the fun house? Absolutely. Let's do it. Quick draws, fun house. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. Sponsored by the Smile Design Center. Changing the way you feel about dentistry one smile at a time. For information or to schedule an appointment for care, give them a call today. 443-348-8812. I like that quick draw. 1057 The Fan. Well, we'll start here with Russell and Frederick, and I can relate to this one. He says, born in 1996, this Orioles team, the best of my lifetime that I've seen. I would not deny that. The 90s, well, are we Tec- 97? I mean, yeah. games, that, I mean, teams you've actually seen. Yeah. I think they're better than 14, better than 12. What was the other one? 16? I'm, yeah. That's, yeah. But. The 14 team did make it to the ALCS, so they've got, and they won the division, so they got to do that first. Uh, this one here says, Yesterday is what I envisioned when Munkin was hired. Lamar standing strong and slinging it around to all of his targets while also taking off and getting the easy yards that the defense gave him. You know what's going to be interesting is, is we thought, it, you know, it would take a while, but. If it's already, you know, looking pretty good right now, what's it going to become? That's what I want to see. Another one here says, deep ball still needs some work, but overall great passing from Lamar yesterday. And receivers were making some strong catches as well, also grinding for Yak. How about about that outcut on third down that Odell caught, you know, on the sidelines with Hilton covering him? That was a hell of a throw and catch there. But, yeah. He needs to get more air under the deep ball to give his guys a better chance to, so they can run under it more. Uh, this one here from Chris uh, texted in with that prediction uh, on Friday, said the Ravens would win. Wasn't right with the score, but also called the Bengals paper Tigers. He wants to know if we're revisiting that comment at all. Oh, here. I remember that one. The yeah. paper Tiger uh, comment. Well, right now they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, it depends on – Burrow, if he can come back, and their offense is kind of off kilter a little bit. You know, they're not getting their best receiver the ball. You think Chase is probably upset? I'm, I would imagine he is. Higgins didn't even have a catch the week before that. So yeah, they're not uh, they're not hitting on all cylinders. And I thought their defense didn't play very well at all. Well, speaking of Chase, they had a caller earlier who couldn't hang on hold, but wanted to mention how about the play by Rocky Sin breaking up that. Should have been a touchdown for Jamar Chase. Yeah, that was that was played perfect because he had his hand his he had his hand in the middle of it so he could just strip it right down. That was that was helpful. But if you're the receiver, what you want to do is catch it in your hands and you got a better chance. Very Lee Evans like. Yeah. Mm, no, <laughs> not even close. Yes, he paid attention. Uh, last one here. Because <laughs> that was a pass defense though. We're riding high today, Bob. We don't need mentions of that. Last one here. Texter says a veteran player must have stepped up and said something after Friday's loss because Saturday night was the complete opposite of the night prior. Sometimes it's hard to remind yourself in the moment, but this team doesn't go through prolonged slumps. They always find a way. Well, they were all over glass now like a Kmart suit, which they've done to him pretty much every time they've faced him. And 
Once Gunner went yard, the place was going nuts. Grayson was dealing. I mean, that was a dominant performance by the Orioles, which they needed because the night before, the exact same thing happened to them. They were getting no hit until Kerstad hit his first home run. By the way, congratulations to you. Heston Kerstad, Orioles and Astros coming up tonight, 8-10 there. Baltimore baseball tonight at 6. Brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts, me and Jim Hunter. Inside access coming up in a matter of minutes. Me and Vinny back tomorrow. We'll have keys. We're going to have uh, the Dirty Dozen, the Feeble Five. We'll be talking to Orioles, hopefully, about a win. We'll get into all of the sports news that's going to happen over the next 24 hours or so as well. For Nolan McGraw, Vinny Serrato, I'm Bob Haney. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you in the morning. For now, class dismissed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t